Welcome to episode 1065 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I'm Justin Mason, joined as always on Sunday by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? Oh, not bad, man. It's a little weird today because uh, I was up last night late with the uh, with former guest Adam Howe uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and Jake Mesh uh, doing the On the Wire uh, podcast and the, the Pitcherless uh, the podcast network. And you know, as I, I even said it last night, it's good. Like it, it was good prep for talking about today because it's good to be talking about some of the same some, some of the same things uh, with that. But it was uh, we we're doing a Saturday night podcast, uh, but I was so tired because I went uh, did a pretty long hike yesterday. You and I were talking before um, we got on air. The weather's about to get gross here, like triple digits mm-hmm. gross. So I was like, I'm going out tomorrow, and so I did. And, by the end of the day, I was like, oh, my God, I'm feeling so old. Uh, not to mention, then I saw a news clip about Carl Crawford's son uh, as a top prospect draft pick. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Carl Crawford's son, <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long ago where I was, like, admiring his father on the field. And now I'm like, his son's going to be a top? And, yeah, you know, I know the whole Drew Jones thing, but Drew Jones was a player in the 90s. We're talking about somebody that played in the last 10 years has got a kid getting ready to be a top draft pick. Blows my mind. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's uh, oh, that's crazy. Um, but I'm 49 going on 69, apparently. Uh, yeah, I'm only 37, and I, I remember just drafting Carl Crawford not that long ago. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate for for everyone uh, involved, uh, except for of course uh, the Crawford family. Good for him. Uh, we're gonna talk about a bunch of fab today. Uh, and uh, why don't we just jump right into some news before we do that, though? Uh, Corey Knievel uh, is dealing with some shoulder tightness. He'd been struggling in the uh, closers role in Philadelphia. We're going to talk about, about a bunch of closing situations uh, here in the fab section. But if he ends up missing some time, who do you think next man up is? Do you think it's Brad Hand? Do you think it's Sir Anthony Dominguez? Who would you be targeting in fab? Because I know you have a lot of Corey Knievel. Yeah, I do. Uh, and so, like, it, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is I, I did spend quite a bit of the offseason talking about him, how much I liked him. That hasn't exactly worked out as hoped. Uh, sorry if 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 that impacted your team, but I'm right there with you because I, it wasn't like I was giving it lip service. I went out and, and grabbed him uh, everywhere uh, that I could. So he, I was reading something this morning from Todd Zalecki saying he that uh, – Knable's had this issue before, and he's tried to pitch through it, and it's caused some problems. Well, shocker, trying to pitch through shoulder uh, will cause a problem like that. So he's going to take a couple of days off. So right now they're saying he's going to be able to avoid the IL. Uh, that said, I still expect him to go on the IL. Two days is not going to give your shoulder enough rest. He needs 10 days minimum, right? So in that case, if you go that direction, I would say uh, – matchup situation because you got two guys with experience that are that have done it brad hand uh, and sir anthony dominguez brad hand obviously has had a higher volume of saves in recent memory sir anthony dominguez was the uh prior but he had 16 saves in 2019 or 2018 i forget which year it was so i mean he's had them as well so i could see it being a matchup situation depending on who the club is facing um in that particular running i mean obviously they're on a massive heater right now but so is atlanta and so those two teams have to collide here eventually this month, I believe, on the schedule. So let's say Matt Olson's up in the ninth inning. You can see Brad Hand coming on. But if it's the, the righty part of the lineup, maybe it's, uh, perhaps it's Sir Anthony Dominguez. Uh, so uh, 60-40 split, uh, assuming Canable uh, is going to the IL, which he should. 
Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. I think it, I think it'll likely be a a timeshare of sorts, you know. So the a few extra saves going Dominguez's way as being the right hander, uh, but I think hand will factor in. I don't think they uh, signed him to just kind of stay as a left-handed setup guy. So uh, yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, but this is also kind of the territory with Knievel, right? He's been a really really good an effective reliever when he's on the mound, but he has not been on the mound a ton over the yep. last few seasons. So that's why he was sitting there in the 12th, 13th round as you know, with, with the second closer upside, but incredible mm-hmm. downside. And it, depending on your needs right now, it's the, those, uh, the latter of those situations is what seems to be in play. And I mean, you know, you got 11 saves from him. you know, three twenty four ERA. The, the whip's been bad. And there hasn't been nearly as many strikeouts as we thought. But, um, you know, got 11 saves from him. Hopefully uh, he won't be out for a super long time. Uh, but, yeah, but the strikeout thing, though, that's that's a trend across the league. The league's making more contact this year than last year. So you have to yeah, you adjust down like 5%. I would say this time last year the league strikeout rate was like 22.5. Right now it's like 21.5. Uh, so it's been down a bit. Uh, so you, if you're if you have a pitcher who's not striking out as many guys as as you expected, yeah, you know, that's happening across the league. Uh, maybe it's a, an approach to things with uh, with the mush ball. You know, Eno's written about the uh, you know, the, the lack of the opposite field home run, and if pitchers have the command to sit there and just hit the outside corner instead of going for strikeouts, fine, go ahead, try to do something with that. Uh, and if you if you you know try to get aggressive, uh, going opposite field and, and on change of speed, you can roll over on a pitch. Uh, and so it's been fascinating to watch some of these pitchers. Like you know, my boy Jordan Montgomery finally got win number two yesterday uh, because the Yankees gave him a ton of run support, uh, and he only gets three strikeouts. But if you watch the way he pitches, you know, he's basically out there just uh, attacking his own. He's not trying to punch guys out anymore. He's just basically saying, you know, here, do something with this. And I'm going to move things uh, in and around, up and down, uh, and and see what you can do. So it's nice to see him finally get rewarded. There's a few of us out there. I know Zach Steinhorn uh, and uh, some others. Uh, Ryan Bloomfield, you know, he is with the three of us kind of suffer uh, as the most outspoken Jordan Montgomery stands. Uh, and he, you know, it was nice to see him get a win last night because he has been the king of no decisions. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Walker Bueller. He left no. his start against the Giants early. Um, he was struggling to begin with. Uh, and, uh, it seems like there's some sort of uh, elbow issue going on. Uh, he is not going. I, I saw two different reports. I saw that he's going to be out for six to eight weeks, and I saw that he is not going to pick up a baseball for six to eight weeks. Um, this is super, super concerning. What are mm-hmm. you doing with Walker Bueller? Can you drop him? I only have him in one league, and it's my draft champions league that I want pocket aces with the next with one of the, the next pitcher we're going to talk about. So my first two picks uh, were pitchers, and they're both on this notable list. So that tells you how well I'm doing there. Uh, yeah, I drop him. I mean, he hasn't been right all season. Uh, there was a good article by uh, Michael Lajeto at, at Baseball Prospectus uh, about the problems with Bueller's fastball. I know he, but there were people before the season or as the season started that talked about issues with Bueller. Uh, not being right, uh, and you know, there was hope that okay, he'll this will come back, but it hasn't, and it's gotten worse now. This injury at least gives us oh yeah okay that explains it. Uh, 
but six to eight weeks, like you said, with the with the mixture of he's not going to pick up a baseball for six to eight weeks, so he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Given the volume of injuries that are out there right now uh, in NFBC, I don't know how in a uh, in a seven man bench you can carry a guy for this long. I just don't. Even with his talent, it's just like cut it and hope you got Fab at the end when he's when you know when he's going to come back to be able to do it. it that's the tough part. I mean, in the in the one of the DCs in the DC that I have. Uh, that I have Bueller and Woodruff, I have no other healthy pitchers to replace. I've already put my moves in. I have no other healthy pitchers to replace them with. If I have another pitching injury, I'm done. I don't have anybody else. It's ridiculous how many injuries that I've had in that league, but when I go back and look at it, uh, it's just a, the the rash of guys that I've had that, I've got, that are currently out that may come back. Uh, so in, this, in that particular D.C., Andrew Heaney, who should be back this time next week. So that's good yes. news. Sonny, Sonny Gray should be coming back this week. Uh, Jorge Alcala, Drew Smiley, Canable, Griffith Canning, Jesus Lozado, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff, uh, Colby Martin, Miguel Yehure, DeMarco Evans, DeMarcus Evans, Colby and, and Colby White, who's out for the year, TJ. All of those guys are on red on my page. So if there's any delay in Gray or Heaney coming back this week, I have nobody else. If I have another pitcher go down, I don't have anybody else. They're all everybody's hurt. Uh, and you know when I came into the season with the with the Lazardo and a Bueller and a Woodruff, and I was like, and Heaney, I was like, I like this rotation. It's it's already gone, and we're one third of the way through the season. Yeah, I mean this is just a huge bummer. Um, I mean uh, I know I'm a Giants fan, but you never want to see a pitcher like this. Uh, Garrett, in the update, uh, the most recent update I saw, it is a flexor strain, uh, and that he's not expected to even pick up a baseball for six to eight weeks. I, I mean, I think he's droppable in in leagues. I mean, obviously, if you have IL spots, you probably hold on to him until you get a little bit more news. But um, if you're in a situation where you don't have IL spots or your IL is full, I mean, if he's not going to pick up a baseball for let's say eight weeks. Um, you know, that means another at least two to three weeks, if not a month of ramping up before rehab assignment, another, you know, 30 days for a rehab assignment. He may not be back until the end of the season. Like you may get yeah. two or three weeks from him. And if, even if he comes back, uh, it could be in a relief mode. So I'm looking at my OC 12 team. These are the pitchers that are out there on the free agent pile. Uh, highest ranked by percentage owned in other leagues. Brady Singer, Merrill Kelly. Adrian Hauser, Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Hendricks, Keegan Thompson, Brad Keller. I mean, these. This is what's left. Yeah, it, there's no way you can replace when you took Bueller. He was and, and you know, he was likely your top pitcher, maybe yeah. your second if you doubled up, uh, possibly. But you can't. You can't replace it. Uh, so it's maybe this just becomes your streaming spot. You're looking for relievers that you could stream in because the free agent. Yikes! This is not a great list uh, of of what's available out there, and and I'm even looking through the free agent list and how much red is already on the free agent list. So this may be if you're just picking up relievers, looking for matchups, and turning us in, and hoping to get the best of a bad situation with this, because I don't, and I don't see anything coming up that's going to be able to help you out drastically. Yeah, no, it's uh, unfortunately there's not going to be a ton out there. It's time to start playing matchups. Uh... So uh, we'll talk about some guys who have some uh, decent matchups coming up for the next week. So hopefully that will uh, help you fill the void a little bit. Um, 
you you just kind of mentioned Brandon Rudruff was your other pitcher in that uh, DC where you went pocket aces. Uh, he has been diagnosed with Renaud's syndrome, which is a syndrome in which you lose feeling in your hands. He's having a hard time uh, feeling uh, a few fingers on his right hand. The ankle apparently is all better, and if it was only the ankle issue, he'd be back. But now he's dealing with this. How worried are you on Brandon Woodruff? It's. I had to go look that up. I had to go look up the conditions of what Raynaud's syndrome is. Uh, you know, basically, it, and here's the crazy thing: when I look through it, how is it treated? You know, be pro and and the, it, so some things I learned about it. It's more prevalent in women than it is men. Uh, it is you know ages 15 to 40. It tends to happen more in cold weather climates than warm weather climates. Uh, how you can be pro, how you can treat it. You know, be proactive during a during an attack where you can't feel things. Keep warm. Shouldn't be hard for a pitcher. Uh, quit smoking. I don't know, you know, what he does. Practice good skin care. He's outside a lot. Uh, exercise. He's doing that. Uh, control stress. Not like pitching's a stressful thing, right? Um, so it's it's really one of these <laughs> things. It's like I don't know how this gets treated. Uh, but when I was reading it earlier, it, it felt like it was something with the ankle and the hands. I was when I first heard about it in the hands, I was worried. Oh, you know, thoracic outlet. When guys start mm -hmm. losing finger uh, feeling of their fingers, that's one of the indicators of that. Uh, but if this is uh, Raynaud syndrome, at least it's something that can that can be treated. You know, keep his hand in a sleeve. Different things. I don't know about the ankle. Uh, not, uh, you know, unlike Bueller, not droppable, uh, hoping to get him back, uh, in, in the DC here, but this one doesn't sound like, uh, I, when I read through it, I was like, okay, this all seems rather controllable, but would love somebody with a medical, you know, I'm just reading off the Cleveland, the Cleveland site, uh, as I was yeah. reading through this. So, uh, you know, I would expect he's probably gonna need another week or two to, to ramp back up, uh, and to come back into it. But this it's a good thing he got a diagnosed. Now it just seems weird that it would be something that would pop up in June. I would expect this in April uh, in mm -hmm. Milwaukee and not in June. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just did a quick search of Renaud syndrome and pitcher, you know, and trying to see like, are there any other pitchers that have experienced um, this that we could look at? Uh, there's a reliever for the Marlins uh, was diagnosed with this back in 2010. Um, he was able to continue pitching, but did not pitch very much the rest of his career. Who was that? Big, Ryan Tucker. Um, oh yeah, I remember that guy. But you know, who knows? Like, was that like that? You know, it was the end of a ten-year career. So, like, was that just the end of his? Um, or I guess it was the end of a, a five-year career. So, but was he going to flame out of MLB already? Or you know, we don't have, really have much in the way of uh, historical data on this syndrome in starting pitchers. So, uh, I mean, obviously you're just holding on to him for right now, but this is super concerning. I mean, you probably took him either in the first or early second round. Uh, I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think you can drop him. I think you got to hold on to him for right now and hope that he's back uh, pretty quickly, but uh, just definitely uh, a, a high level of concern right now when you can't feel your fingers uh, and you're trying to pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, Gabriel Moreno makes his MLD, uh, MLB debut. Um, he is going to be um, a hot topic uh, for Fab uh, today. Are you uh, targeting him anywhere? 
so with rookie catch MJ Melendez uh, and Adley Rutschman come up. Uh, Rutschman's still not hitting. Uh, the numbers have been rather disappointing for what everybody was hoping for. And Melendez has recently started him, struggled when he first came up, but his numbers look good now. Um, and so the the catching position is such a stress uh, for anything. But for a rookie uh, catcher coming up for a team that's contending for a postseason spot, uh, yeah, I would expect the offense to suffer as as well as he as well as uh, Moreno can hit. I would expect the offense to initially suffer much like it did with uh, Melendez. Now, Melendez got thrown into extra playing time right out of the gate because of Sal Perez's injury. At least Alejandro Kirk's there to offset some of that uh, in, in Toronto. But you know, with that, I would see Moreno getting a lot of playing time because of the, his throwing skills. And that's the one thing. His pop time, as somebody tweeted out yesterday, his best pop time this year in the minors uh, exceeded the best one, uh, the pop time average that JT Real Muto had in 2019, because StatCast doesn't put those numbers up anymore. But in 2019, you know, uh, Real Muto was 188, uh, and somebody had Moreno at 17 this year, which is absurd. Uh, so I would expect him to get that, but I'm not, I don't have many much expectations for his offense, uh, only because it's such a high bar. And if somebody like Rutschman's going to hit like he's hitting right now, then how can we expect Moreno to come out of the gate rolling uh, and hitting well? So, yeah, I could see people being aggressive on him, but you're going to have to wait a little bit on those returns. Yeah. I mean, he supposedly is a pretty high um, uh, contact uh, hitter, uh, especially for a catcher. He's considered uh, one of the most athletic catchers to come out of the minor high minor leagues in a long time, uh, mm -hmm. kind of, being compared to JT Romuto, I, I mean, I think in if you're playing in two catcher leagues, he's a must target, oh, yeah. right? I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, considering what's available out there on the wire, uh, you're just not going to find someone who could potentially be a difference maker. But I think you know your example of Rushman struggling in his first go around at the majors is a really good example. I mean, Rushman was um, widely considered one of the best fantasy prospects. Um, especially at the catcher position uh, that were, was going to be coming up this year. Um, and he has uh, not performed extremely well uh, in the early going. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm targeting him in leagues where I have uh, either a really bad second catcher or uh, maybe you're dealing, and I'm dealing with a, a lot of guys, Money Grandal left the game early oh. yesterday with a back issue or, or a hamstring issue. Um, and so... Uh, we don't know if, whether he's going to go on the IL. It looks like he likely will. So uh, he Moreno is going to be my number one target. And then Jose Trevino today was uh, scratched with a back issue. So yeah, they may. Uh, I saw the White Sox called up Sebi Savala, but they did not put Grandal on the IL. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they had. They were only. They only had three hitters on the bench to begin with. They had uh, Adam Engel, Larry Garcia, and. Uh, yeah, they only have three hitters to begin with, uh, and so they called up Savala, who can catch and play uh, corner, uh, and so they have him up. So I think they're they're hoping they can keep him off the IL, but so far nothing yet. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, you know, I don't know how long Danny Jansen is supposed to be out, but uh, at Broken some point finger, he's gonna be out for a few weeks. 
Yeah, but at some point they're going to have to trade a catcher, right? When Jansen comes back, I mean, I would assume. Think, yeah, you would think they're going to have to do that. Yeah, I mean, this and this. Let's not let folks forget the league-wide triple slash for catchers is 220, 291, 352. I mean, that's the bar. That's where things are. It's just not been, they're striking out 24% of the time. Uh, So it's, that's what he's got to get to uh, with that. And that's why I have a good catcher. It's like, man, this is fun. And that's why it stinks for Danny Jansen to be on the IL for a second time. Cause it's like, come Mm -hmm. on, man. Every time you get him back, I have him in three leagues because I was, uh, again, one of the targets I had this offseason. It's just been disappointing for him to hit the IL twice now because I think, it, you know, I don't see him being in Toronto next year, but you can't trade him while he's hurt. So, yeah, I was uh, I was on the Catcher's Corner podcast um, uh, with Sammy uh, and Eric, and uh, we were talking about, I can't remember which catcher, but. I made, I made the, uh, someone's there's, we were talking about someone they're like, well, he's got like a 200 batting average, like a 200 batting average when the league batting average for catchers is 220 is not as devastating, uh, yep. especially considering they don't tend to get as many plate appearances as a regular hitter anyway. So, um, you know, but when you can then get, you know, Oh, we were talking about Jose Trevino cause he's hitting 280. I was like, but then when you do get a guy who's hitting 280 from the catcher position, that's huge because of league mm-hmm. uh, average. So, um, Trevino dealing with a back issue, Grandal dealing with a hamstring issue, Gabriel Moreno up. Uh, expect uh, how much would you spend if you need a second catcher? Do you think you would go um, 10% of your remaining fab, 20% less? Uh, 8 to 10%. Okay. Yeah, that's probably better. lose. I'd probably lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably, I think I'd go 10 to 15%, depending on uh, how, how big of a need it was for me all right let's uh let's talk about some bullpen issues uh that are going to be uh addressing that tanner scott has gotten a bunch of saves recently in miami um is he now the closer and how aggressive would you be on tanner scott this guy like always haunts me uh because i've had him i've had him in other leagues i want him to be a closer you watch him pitch sometimes it's like man this could work but even this year, it's like the walks is something that's always holding him back. He's got a 4.6 walks per nine. Uh, now, he's also striking out almost 14 batters per nine. Uh, but so that's always been the case. He's always been able to get the strikeouts, but the walks have eventually come back to bite him in the ass. Uh, and Cole, uh, Cole Seltzer was somebody that I liked before the season, but he was in Baltimore. This was before the trade. Uh, and Seltzer gets a strikeouts. He doesn't have as many problems with the walks, uh, but even those haven't been great this year. Uh, and, you know, they're kind of the same guy. Uh, I would say knowing Madeline, he's gonna, they're going to ride the hot hand and just go with, go with Scott uh, for now. And, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. I don't know. I, I don't have any. I don't have any faith. I just kind of use it the way it, the way it is right now and see what happens. But I've been down this road before with Tanner Scott, and every time you're like, "Oh, this is it," then he has a couple of bad outings, and he's right back in the. Uh, he's right back down the depth chart, and somebody else has got the opportunity. So if you have him, great. If you don't, I wouldn't pursue him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the number one option for the moment. But it, like I said, I think it's for the moment. Um, yeah. And so if you're if you're streaming. Uh, relief pitchers to try to find a closer. I, he's probably the top option this week. Um, we'll talk about a few others here in a second, but uh, I don't know how confident I am that he would be 
able to keep it. I, I think you're really looking at um, maybe at most like 5% of your fat remaining fab. Um, if, if you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna make an aggressive bid, like I just don't, I don't see spending triple digits on a guy in a thousand dollar fab league, um, for a guy who might not have the, the job next week. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're four and a half games out of the wild card. You know, they've won five in a row, but then, you know, Atlanta and Philly have won nine and 10 in a row. Uh, and so Miami hasn't been able to make up any ground and a left-handed reliever like Scott is going to have trade value. And so even if he does do well now, I would assume he's as good as gone uh, here in short within the next month because Miami could get a turn for him uh, if he continues to pitch as well as he's pitching right now. He is a free agent. He is on a – wow, is he on a cheap-ass deal. One year, $1.05 million right now. Uh, he's a free agent, so the next team would be able to get an RB out of him. So he's not a free agent. He's got two more years of free agency. So he is dirt mm-hmm. cheap. Uh, maybe the Marlins don't trade him, but he's, he's I, one of two Marlins relievers that are in their twenties. Yeah, but, but like I said, if every team should leave the have the phone open, if somebody wants to call for a left-handed power reliever and they can get something mm-hmm. I, with reliever volatility the way it is, um, and Scott with a track record uh, of having issues with walks, if somebody wants to give him a chance. Again, we're talking about a guy with a with a 5.4 walks per nine for his career and a 13% walk rate for his career. This 11.9% walk rate he has this year is his, you know, is better than the 14.7% last year. But walks have always been an issue for him. It's why he has a 1.51 whip for his career. Uh, and so it's this is why I, I have tr- I, tr- I have trouble running and like you know a week and a half ago text me, hey, do you want Tanner Scott for Phil Mayton? And I said no. And the only reason I said no is because Mayton's reservable in AL labor. And Tanner Scott would not have been. I would have had to have put Tanner Scott in that, mm. uh, you know. But you know, Eno's running away with labor anyhow. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I have in that league. Maybe I should have uh, in uh, in hindsight because you know, with uh, when I look at uh, standings where I needed some, you know, where saves. Let's see, where am I at in saves? In saves, I am next. I am uh, one point. I'm in eleventh place. So. If I would have made the trade, I still would be in 11th place, but I would be a little closer to the pack uh, in saves. But that's really the only difference. But that reservable pitcher um, is a nice option to have because that's a league where I'm, I'm, I'm in that league. I'm leading the league in wins. I'm leading the league in strikeouts. I'm third in ERA. I'm fourth in whip. Um, let's not talk about my offense. Please, thank you. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, love, I love labor. I love tout. Man, some of these like old school rules that they they still play by really bother me. Like, I, I, I do hate that you can't reserve a guy. That's that's yeah. the part. It's like or, oh man, in, in tout you have to start him the week you pick him up. Actually, I love that rule. I do. I love that one uh, because it it puts some thought into oh hey do you want to do you want to take the dive on this guy and and but I wish I could reserve guys. It's like. Now I did make I did make a deal with Ian, so I like I have uh, Andy Abanias now. Shocking, yeah, you made right? a deal with Ian. Yeah. I have Andy Abanias, and I can now use Andy. No, Andy Abanias got sent back down Friday, so he was up and he got sent back down again. So I, I have this on the. I have uh, players I can move up and down on, on my bench, but Phil Maton's my only pitcher left because I traded him, Matt Brash, 
who I had taken in the act. Of, Matt Brash can't be reserved, uh, and so I traded him uh, in that particular deal. But I'm just trying to find any offense I can. Like I traded for Edward Oliveris in that league. I know he's hurt, but I need him in a few weeks. I need some offense to to get going uh, there, and I got to replace Joe Adele, who's back down in the minors. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it's it's rough sledding in, in single league formats. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of I'm bummed I don't play any more single league formats uh, um, anymore. But uh, at the same time, I'm also enjoying the fact that there's actually players to pick up uh, in, in the mixed leagues that I'm in. Uh, let's move to the Boston bullpen. Uh, there's some options. They're, they're rolling with uh, a lot of guys. Uh, Hansel Robles blew a save after returning from the IL. Uh, Matt Strom's gotten a couple saves recently, and Tanner Houck has gotten a a save recently. Is there a guy in Boston uh, that we should be investing in, or is it just going to continue to be a mess like it's been most of the season? The latter. I mean, I, I saw some consternation for some folks yesterday. Uh, like I saw Todd Zola and uh, Ray Murphy going back and uh, interacting uh, really back and forth. But the fact that uh, Hauk did not come in. So apparently, I guess Hauk's going to start today. Uh, and so when they brought Robles in for the save last night, that kind of said, okay, I guess Hauk's not going to close because if he was, that's the guy they would have brought in. Uh, and you know, let's not forget that the uh, the league le- the the team leader in saves is Matt Strom with three. I think we mm-hmm. talked about Strom the last time I was uh, on Sunday uh, and said I liked him uh, uh, the best of all the bunch, and I had picked him up. You know, to me, I, I believe he has the best skills. Um, but we have seven different pitchers in this bullpen that have saves, and and how could uh, certainly is good. But the fact that he didn't come in last night speaks to how they at least plan on taking him. If they're not going to use him, I'm wondering what they're going to do with John Schreiber. Uh, you know, I've been impressed with his stuff, and his certainly you know he's more matchup dependent uh, with righties. But Schreiber is somebody that has I've liked when I've seen him pitch. Uh, so if if you've had Strom or if you're in a deeper league looking to throw a dart, Schreiber was, it would be somebody I would be uh, I could take a chance on uh, to see if anything comes up. But it's just going to be a mess. I don't know if we're going to see a guy in this bullpen with double digit saves by the end of the season, which is kind of shocking considering they are a team with a winning record. Yeah, I I don't know what they're doing at this point. I mean, I think it's a, I think they are just trying to. Uh, throw shit at the fan and see what sticks. But, um, I mean, Robles is the guy that I've rostered the most uh, out of that Boston bullpen this year. And uh, it, it he, he has been frustrating because I really thought he was going to take it over. He's kind of a, a proven guy, quote-unquote, um, or at least has closing experience in the past. Uh, but it does not seem like Boston is committed to any of these guys. I think they would love Matt Barnes to figure things out. So that he could be the guy, but that that's just not happening. So that's not happening. Uh, and now he's on the IL. So um, I, I'm not, you know, Strom. I think is the guy that I'm targeting in Fab this week if I am desperate for saves. Uh, but I don't know that I think he's going to get like. What's the chance any of these guys get to 15 saves this year? Zero. Okay. There. You Zero. Go. So. Uh, speaking about a, a situation where it is a bunch of guys, uh, Kittredge goes back on the IL for your raise, uh, meaning 
it's back open. Is it Jason Adam? Is it Colin Poche? Is it Ryan Thompson? Who is the closer in Tampa Bay, Jason? Yeah, another situation where you got uh, seven different pitchers with saves. Uh, Kittredge mm-hmm. was leading the bunch with five, uh, and so he uh, that's not going to last for the rest of the season. Uh, if it did, yikes. Uh, so Poche has been the guy before Kit- while Kittredge was on the IL the first time. You know, Poche was the guy getting the ball most often. Uh, in that situation now that is you know but he wasn't the only one ryan thompson got it a couple times jason adams uh jason adam has the most recent save uh and so i can see it being matchup dependent like this week they're going into new york um to play the yankees and then they go to baltimore so you know if you are your poche has been a guy that has struggled with the long ball uh when he when he's had an issue so it's like against new york is that the guy they really want to bring in uh, and so perhaps it is, you know, perhaps in that situation, they go with uh, with Jason Adam. Uh, and uh, here's the jinx, who has yet to give up a home run this year. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, put a pin in that one, guys, because uh, that's probably going to end this week. Uh, but that's, you know, maybe they go that particular route. Or, or they take Whistler and his slider and see what he can do. But again, just takes a wrist flip to hit one out of Yankee Stadium to right field, uh, where opposite field home runs can get hit. So, uh for the most part, I would say you know, rest of the season, Poche gets the most saves because I don't unless they go out and get somebody uh to add to the bullpen. Yeah, you know, they have they will have JP Fireisen coming back um at some point here, hopefully by month's end. Fireisen was certainly pitching well before he went down with his injury. Um Pete Fairbanks um uh, is supposed to come back. Uh, and that's another arm. So they've got some they've got some guys coming back, uh, which would certainly help. And then uh, I mentioned this on the on the wire podcast last night, but you know, let's not forget long long term as the season wears on. Uh, eventually, Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs are going to hit a wall. Uh, you could argue Rasmussen may already be there um, the way his last couple of outings, but you know their workload, if they continue to pitch on the pace they're currently pitching, is going to put them well over their skis for where they were last year for workload. And so one has to wonder as Luis Patino comes back uh, and, and Shane Boz takes us, you know, he was, came back yesterday. If they make a change there and, and somebody goes back to the bullpen uh, or they start, they go to a six man rotation or there's something uh, with that because these guys can't pitch at, you know, they can't pitch at that level. You just can't make that, season to season jump with that. But Rasmussen's at 58 innings already. Springs is at 34. It's a little better, but Rasmussen's at 58. Uh, and last year he finished at 76 uh, innings. So that's another factor to consider uh, as we move forward here. So a long story short, it's a very fluid situation. Uh, I, I What did we say earlier? 60-40 on hand in Dominguez. I'd almost go 50-50 with Poche and Adam. For the short-term future, but as Fire Rising and Fairbanks comes back, uh, could be all bets are off. I'm 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 going to agree with you, uh, and uh, I'm not going to add anything to it. The only thing I will say is that uh, I would not be surprised if you see some of these, uh, you know, uh, starters that you were mentioning, Rasmussen, uh, Springs, start working in tandem roles. As you know, now that Boz is back, now that or uh, Patino's working his way back because uh, they do need to figure out ways to make sure that they're available to them once October comes around because that's what Tampa Bay's goals are on. So, Yeah, I would uh, say the same thing even for the Yankees. Uh, I know a lot has been said about 
their starting rotation and their willingness and, and their desire to go deeper into games. Uh, at some point, you know, let's say the and there's a good possibility the Yankees being up double digits in that division by the All Star break, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what do they? How do they manage the second half? Is like, do you just say, okay, hey, we're gonna go five innings with the starter, and then here comes the reliever, and so. As I was talking earlier about Jordan Montgomery, it's, hey, it's great. He got the win. He went six innings. Well, what if they start to say, okay, you're five? And then it's a tie game, and he's back to the king of no decisions. But other guys like that, Nestor Cortez, is you know, he, eventually the fun's got to end. Minnesota started it, and we'll see however how else that continues. But Minnesota's been wearing out every pitcher uh, over the past 10 days. They've just been laying the wood to pitchers. So it'll be interesting to see some of these teams that are out in front, well out in front, uh, how they're going to manage your pitching staffs down the stretch uh, as they try to say, okay, we've got October, we've got to play for October, we've got to play for October. What can we do to get some of these guys uh, to keep them sharp but rested at the same point uh, for the for the long term? Because, you know, again, this is the first full <laughs> – uh, after all the craziness, are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? Uh, and then these guys coming out and uh, doing what they're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, in the Mariners' bullpen, uh, which has been more of a fluid situation as well uh, throughout the year, Diego Castillo has gotten the last two saves. Paul Seawald got the win last night. Um, is Castillo becoming the guy to roster in uh, Seattle? Yeah, it was weird because Seawald had a few saves in a row, and then Castillo's got gotten a couple. Castillo's certainly been able to uh, you know, resume some of his previous skills. I mean, the thing about uh, the thing about Castillo is you know, he can still get his strikeouts, uh, and that's really the difference. It depends how uh, Scott Service. Uh, I was drawing a blank on the manager. It depends how Scott Service wants to do the situation. Does he want the strikeout uh, or is he looking for a different approach? Because Castillo certainly misses more bats uh, than Seawald does. Seawald did what he did last year uh, in that that regard. But if it's a strike, if the situation calls for strikeouts, it's Castillo. And you look at the overall numbers and there's a massive gap between his ERA and and all of his other indicators. So he's better than what that shows, but he's no longer the big ground ball pitcher that he used to be. Uh, and that's a, that's been a change in his, in his uh, performance as well. So for me, I still think it's situation dependent. It could be either one of these guys, but the difference is Seawald will come in in the eighth or ninth. I don't see Castillo coming in in the eighth. If you got multiple guys on Seawald, the, uh, the way Seawald pitches, he can get out of that mess. Castillo can add to that mess. Uh, and so that's where it's been it's been tough for that. But again, with Castillo's track record uh, and where Seattle is this year, you know, Castillo could be auditioning for a new job uh, and a new team on the trade market because he is uh, he's got one more year until free agency. This would be the time to trade him. You don't want to sit on him. You know, he's making two point one five million dollars this year when I'm looking at his contract. Um, and he's ARB eligible next year, and then he goes into free agency. So he could be auditioning for a new job himself. Um, see where it goes. Uh, another piece that might be coming back soon is Ken Giles. Uh, he could be activated any day at this point. Um, he's another guy. He, you remember he signed a two-year deal coming off of Tommy John, knowing that he right. was not going to pitch that first year. Uh, and this is the second year of that deal, so he will likely be 
on the trade block. They might want to try and prop him up into the closer's role for a little bit. Um, if, so that way they can boost up his trade value at the deadline. Uh, this, I think, is another one of these just frustrating fluid situations because, like you mentioned, Seawald is definitely like the higher leverage guy, right? If it's a high leverage situation, he's coming in. Sometimes it's going to be in the ninth. Sometimes it's going to be in the seven. Um, it's going to be hard to know. I Castillo's going to get saves, but I don't think he's necessarily the set guy. Uh, you know, definitely a guy that you can throw some bucks at. Uh, this week at Fab, if you're desperate and saves, but none of these guys we've talked about today so far are like a you know closer with a capital C. Um, all of them right. are, are kind of stuck in these you know messy situations, and hence why I tend to pay for saves at the draft table. Um, let's talk about the A's bullpen. Danny Jansen has been struggling, there's been a lot of talk in the industry over the last few weeks that maybe it's time. Oh, sorry. What did I say? You said Danny Jansen. I'm like, well, he's okay. hurt. That's why he's struggling. Sorry. Danny Jimenez um, has, uh, has been struggling as of late. Uh, there's been a lot of talk in the industry recently about AJ Puck potentially being a future closer. And is are we getting closer to that time? Uh, but Domingo Azevedo is a guy that people were really excited about coming into the season as a sleeper saves guy. What do you think about this A's bullpen? One, is there a guy that you think will emerge as the guy? And two, do we care? Because Oakland is terrible. That's, that's the kind of what I wanted to get at. You know how many saves this bullpen has had over the past month? Three. Four. Get... They were close. Oh, yeah. They were close. They've had four. And Danny Jimenez has had all four of them. With, with. A 1080 ERA. That's the amazing part. So he has had all of the saves, uh, and this team is bad. Uh, it will get worse uh, if they try to sell off parts. You know, I've mentioned dealing for, with uh, you know teams wanting to deal with a lefty. It's like you know, can can we imagine Billy Bean wanting to trade uh, AJ Puck? He's got plenty of he's got plenty of. Uh, service time left. So he's very controllable, even though he's already 27 years old. Right. So he's got all of that. Uh, but it, it's just a bad situation. So we're talking about uh, what 12, 15 saves over the course of the rest of the season for this bullpen. I don't know if I care. Uh, honestly, I don't know. And if, if you're in a mixed league, who cares if you're an ale only, uh, sure. Take a shot at puck to see what's there. Uh, to see if, if he's got that, but that's it. I mean, this there's not going to be that many opportunities down the stretch for somebody to do something out of this bullpen, and it, it's the team's as bad as we thought it would be, even after that decent start to the season. Um, it's as bad as they would be because it's uh, it, it's falling apart right around them. Yeah, I mean, Lou Trevino has been terrible, he's still striking out people, but he's. If he's not striking it out, he's giving up too many base runners. Uh, and that's been a massive problem for this bullpen. Yeah. I mean, Puck, I think, is the guy that I'm throwing a few bucks at this week. But, like, they're 21 and 40, I think, right now. Like, that's, I mean, they're just not a good team at all. Uh, and uh, I remember when Paul argued with me that I said that they could easily lose 100 games this season. And, and Paul was, uh, Paul was very adamant that they would find a way, the A's way of, uh, you know, hanging around and 
bit, you know, of, not of being going truly atrocious. Yeah. 63 uh, and 99. Yeah. Of doing yeah, that and be like, no. Hey, didn't lose a hundred. No, this is, is going to be bad. Yeah. This is a really bad team, but I'm, I'm glad I hit. I'm glad I uh, bet the under while I was in Vegas. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, that is the bullpen situations. Let's talk some other fab. O'Neill Cruz has. There's been a lot of rumors that he is coming up any day now. Uh, if you are in a league where he is available, how aggressive would you be on O'Neill Cruz? You know, it, it's got to be. It truly has to be any day now. I know there was a minor ankle tweak uh, earlier this week, uh, which I you know, which likely delayed something. So it's if he were to come. Let's say you're an NFBC and he is available. Like he was, I grabbed him two or three weeks ago in my league because somebody drafted him, then dropped him. I picked him up for like $2. So I'm like, I'm waiting for that. And it's been really tough to hold him as one of my seven guys because of all the other injuries. But I'm like, there's no way because if I throw him back and he gets called up, he's going to go 200 and something dollars. Uh, and so like if, if you check your uh, check your thing and he's in an NFBC and he's there, it's like this feels like the last chance that you're going to be able to get him at any double digit number. Uh, and that's talking about a thousand, thousand dollar fab uh, because it'll be super aggressive when he comes up. Cause when he comes up, he's going to play every day uh, and whatever. Uh, and so that's where I would, I would want to be aggressive if he's available, but I don't know where he's going to be available. In most home leagues, somebody's sitting on him, stashing him. So it really depends if somebody drafted him and cut him in NFBC, uh, like somebody did in my OC. And so I am anxiously awaiting for him to come up. But at this point, it's like he's like the last guy. It's like everybody called up and there's Cruz still sitting there. Uh, and the Pirates keep rolling out what they're rolling out there. It's like, man, come on. let us. We want to see this guy at the major league level. I got to see him play here in Charlotte a couple of weeks ago. And that was the game where he hit uh, two batted balls, 114 and 121. I mean, again, 121 is Giancarlo Stanton territory. He's the only guy that does that. And if you saw the missile he hit last night off that poor Cubs pitcher, oh, my God. Uh, The ball was out of the stadium before John Sterling could even finish the sentence. It was like, it is high. It's gone. He couldn't even go, it is high. It is far. It is gone. It was like, it is high. It was out. Uh, It was that quick. Uh, but that's what Cruz is capable of. So, God, Pittsburgh, come on, man. Call him up. Hell, I may yeah. even drive up to Pittsburgh to see him play. It's only seven hours from here. Uh, <laughs> what would that be? That would be a 14-hour round trip. Yes. I need to take out a loan to see if I can get approved. Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, yeah. But in all seriousness, let's uh, let's get him probably, up here. Pro- probably cheaper to fly considering gas prices right Just now. Just about. So. Yeah, I got to book my first pitch Arizona flights. I was looking at that before we got on here. Oh, that's right. That's That's coming up. Uh, I think in November this year. So I will November third and November sixth. I will be there. Uh, I can't cannot wait. So uh, I'll definitely uh, gonna look at uh, flights as well. Um, yeah, uh, he's only five percent rostered in ESPN leagues. So for for those of you who played tens and twelves, go check your your leagues. Um, there are plenty of uh, I think leagues where uh, he was dropped. Um, he's got power. He's got speed. He's got. Uh, he's probably going to strike out a fair amount, but he's got nothing left to prove in AAA. So uh, he should be your number one target. I mean, I, I'm 25% of my remaining fab, you know, is it is easy spend um, on Cruz rest of the way uh, or uh, for picking him up this week. Um, he will, in leagues where he is available and if he's not available in any of mine, I thoroughly expect him to go for, 
you know, 100, 200 bucks uh, this weekend. Um, so uh, definitely go and, uh, and snag him in your leagues if he's available. So I want to see something. I want to check something here real quick. Uh, okay, so the Pirates have they're in the middle of a road trip. Mm-hmm. They go to St. Louis after they leave Atlanta to and to face your Giants and the Cubs. I'm going to say he gets called up Friday. Okay, so he can get all. called up at home in front of the home crowd to give them something to push those ticket sales it's free shirt friday it is brian reynolds bobblehead on saturday and kids and dads run the bases for father's day pittsburgh treat us dads well you know these pittsburgh area mm-hmm. dads want to see O'Neal cruz that's my theory i'm sticking to it all right we'll uh we'll see if your uh theory holds uh correct i i mean i need him back like i, I need him to so I've been holding him in tout wars for quite a while. Um, I've got him in a bunch of DCs. I, I need I need him to uh, to to come up and make his 2022 debut. Um, Riley Green was uh, expected to make the opening day roster. Got hurt. He's missed a lot of time. He's going to be back soon. He has been dropped in some leagues as well. How aggressive would you be on Riley Green? Uh, somewhat. Yeah, the only thing is with with guys coming off of injuries and then coming into starting the season. Like we've seen a couple of guys, I think most notably like Teoscar Hernandez. Hernandez was doing well, got injured, was out a while, came back and struggled uh, to get back into it. And so that's my concern. Not to mention he's uh, we're talking about a we're talking about Green who's playing on a terrible team, Paul. Uh, when you look at this offense and how much it has struggled. Uh, this year with everything else. Austin Meadows is just now getting back. We're still waiting for Austin Meadows to hit his first home run. And Scope leads this team with five homers. Uh, he also leads this team. Uh, this is over the past 30, sorry. No, it's, it's, oh, God, that is full season. Is that right? Holy cow. No, Miguel Cabrera's got 20 RBIs. He leads the team in RBIs. Wow, that's awful. Uh, so, what are you going to do with Riley Green? It's like, okay, he's going to be out there. If he drives himself in, awesome. But the fact that, you know, the league leader, the, the team leader in RBIs has about as many RBIs as Jose Ramirez has had in the past two weeks, uh, this is this is problematic. So when he goes out, I'm trying to think, like, when he goes in, who's taking the back seat uh, in the lineup? Where's who's got, I guess it would be Das Cameron's going to take a – uh, take a seat. So I would be, he should, Riley Green should come up and play every day. But again, the surrounding cast is going to limit his ceiling on how much he's able to accomplish uh, because his ability to score runs or drive runs in are going to be, is going to be held down by the lack of productive talent around him right now. Yeah. I mean, I assume that like Grossman and Victor Reyes will become platoon partners once, uh, once Green is. Man, that Grossman uh, is such a disappointment after a 2020 year to be as yeah. bad as he's been this year. Wow. I, I mean, I dropped him in in my main event league. I just I wasn't going to hold on to him. And he came back and then got injured, um, though he is, yeah. I believe, in the lineup today. So uh, it sounds like whatever injury he got, suffered uh, on Saturday um, or on Friday that led to him sitting on Saturday isn't, isn't a big issue. Um, but, yeah, I mean – the Tigers can use any offense and get, he's going to be up and he's going to play. 
I don't know how impactful he's going to be in early part of his career, but I mean, I think if he's available, you go out and try to get him just on upside alone. Um, and I mean, I assume he's going to hit pretty high up in that lineup. Uh, he's going to get a chance to just play uh, con- uh, consistently. Um, so, you know, tens and twelves, I wouldn't be extremely aggressive, but in fifteens, any any guy who's going to be playing every day with the star potential upside, I think is worth uh, being aggressive on. Well, it's the same with Pitt, with Pittsburgh, with Detroit. They've got ten guys that have had at least a hundred plate appearances this year. Five of them are hitting two hundred one or lower, right? And then on the OBP side, seven of them have OBPs below three hundred, and then. Eight of them have slugging percentages below 350. I mean, that is quite a collection of wow. Uh, so, you know, perhaps maybe they need to look at Baltimore and say, you know what? Hey, Baltimore, you took the wall and you moved it out. Maybe, maybe Detroit should bring the the, the gaps in, close triples alley, do something because I mean, this is this is awful, uh, and it, you can't do you can't make those changes in season, uh, but. This is bad. Uh, it, it, you know, for baseball history lesson, there was a time like Bill Veck used to do that. Uh, and when he was with Cleveland, they could move the walls, and and that's like half the rules in baseball is because Bill Veck broke them. You know, did things in the league, just put some things, but they would roll things in and out. Uh, there's the old Charlie Finley story where he got mad about the Yankee short porch, so he made the pennant porch in the old KC Municipal Stadium uh, and and, ma- and designed the set of portable bleachers and took a wall that was 296 feet, and, and the league made him blow it up. So I, I love guys like Charlie Finley and uh, uh, and Bill Veck that, that push the rules uh, along those lines. But, man, Detroit, this is – it's when I, look at, when I look at pitching matchups every week, I'm like, who's facing Detroit? And yeah. Like a, a great example of that this week would be uh, Dunning's got the Tigers and the Astros, and it's mm-hmm. like how much how much do you want to look at how much risk are you willing to take with the Astros lineup, and that Jordan Alvarez is not going to absolutely smash him. But yeah, Dane Dunning's got the Astros and, and the Tigers, so it's like that Detroit star should be a sweet one. Uh, but oh my god, what could the Astros do to them? Uh, like an ale, I, I feel like I've, I've got to ride. I've got to ride done. Yeah, like it's worth. It's even worth taking the risk in a mixed league. Yeah, that's uh, one that I'm kind of debating in a mixed league right now. Is do I want to risk that Astros start for the potential upside of that uh, Tiger start? I, I don't know if I'm going to do it honestly. I think it's um, it's kind of scary considering it's not like Dunning has like tremendous upside. You know, you don't right. expect him to go out there and even in a good start against Detroit, like strike out eleven or anything. I mean, uh, not to mention he just got you this week. Yeah, you know, he had yeah. that that weather interrupted game, but he did not have a good outing in that one. So he, you know, he's very fresh off impacting your ratios. So it's kind of tough to say, oh, let me do let me do this. But he's got, I mean, he's had some. The problem is he hasn't won a game. He hasn't won a game since April. That's been the tough part. He's had some games where he's had some strikeouts. You know, eight against the Angels, seven against Seattle. Uh, but again, his most recent start against Cleveland: uh, four innings, nine hits, one strikeout, four earned runs. It's like, ooh, that one hurt. So he's got twelve starts on the season, one win. What about uh, Luis Garcia, the second baseman or shortstop? Uh, from Washington, um, he's come up. He's already got a home run. He's hitting 359 through his first 10 games. Are you picking up Luis uh, Garcia uh, anywhere? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of 
coming into the season, people were like, why did the, you know, why did the Nationals go out and sign Cesar Hernandez? Why did they do that? They have Luis Garcia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I get that. And this is somebody who says this, who spent a lot of the time saying, I, li- I like Cesar Hernandez in Washington. And, and it's played out kind of uh, because Cesar Hernandez is second on the team in runs. He's got 34 runs, trailing only Juan Soto, who has 35. So Cesar Hernandez in that capacity has done exactly what I would want him to do. The only problem is Cesar Hernandez has the longest active homerless streak in baseball. So he is <laughs> coming off a season where he hit 21 home runs. He has yet to hit a home run. And this runs back into 2021. So he has the longest active homerless streak in baseball. Uh, so with Luis Garcia, it's like they have room in the lineup. Uh for him to do this, I mean, again, this is a team that's given 125 plate appearances to Alcides Escobar. Uh, and, and no, that should never happen. Uh, and but lately, Washington's certainly been hitting the baseball. They have uh, really punished Milwaukee pitching this weekend. And this wasn't like the dreads of Milwaukee. I mean, they they took it to Ashby on Friday and they took it to Lowry yesterday. Uh, yeah, they've they've hit well and they hit well coming into the series too. So I would be aggressive with. Um, with Garcia, because again, there was a reason why he was liked, but the the team decided, hey, let's bring in a vet and Hernandez on a one year deal. Uh, and it's like again, Hernandez has done the job with runs. He's done the job defensively. He just hasn't shown any power. Um, and they have other places in this lineup they can use Garcia. Um, if and maybe they Hernandez is somebody they cut loose, so they trade to a, a contending team because Hernandez is on a one-year deal as well. And this was the same. This is how Hernandez made his move last year. He hit for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They traded him to Chicago uh, at the trade deadline. So that's where I would uh, be looking for opportunity here. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason Alcides Escobar should be playing, um, or anybody of his ilk should be playing over a guy like Luis Garcia. Garcia's a guy I, I've liked for a really long time. Um, I I did not understand why the industry as a whole kind of buried him. Um, I mean, you know, he came up at the age of 22. He's only 24 right now. Uh, hit all throughout the minor leagues. He, uh, you know, I know his initial MLB debut was disappointing, but he was super young when he came up. So, uh, yeah, Garcia's a guy. If I'm looking for a second baseman or a shortstop, he's just you know gained shortstop eligibility uh, in leagues. Uh, yeah, he's probably my number one target this week if I'm looking for something in the middle of the field. Uh, no speed. There's no speed in the profile, um, but there is uh, some pop and some uh, really good batting average uh, potential there. So, All right. Uh, speaking of middle infielders, Bryson Stott was a really, really popular uh, kind of sleeper candidate coming into the season. Uh, really mm-hmm. struggled, got sent back down his back, and he is hitting right now. Is Bryson Stott on your radar? Yeah, he should be. And the thing with him, you know, since the end of uh, May, looking at basically the last 10 games or so, he's got four home runs, 12 runs driven in, 11, uh, not 12 scored, 11 driven in, hitting 333, 385 OBP. And the big difference is he's making contact. He's got an 18% strikeout rate over this compared to a, a you know, the strikeout rate that he had over the course of the season. Uh, which has been that's been the problem is early on when he was first up, he was struggling to make contact. I mean, he's got a 27 percent strikeout rate for the course of the season. But in this recent hot stretch, he's come up and he's making contact. It's amazing what happens when you make contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that helps. Uh, and uh, Rob Thompson, it's so hard not to call him Robbie Thompson. Since it's not the same guy. Right. Uh, but it's that's where you know, he's letting him play and he's doing well. And Bryce is not coming into the season. Had a lot of pedigree, but he did not hit out of the gate. 
uh, and he may have been dropped in a lot of leagues. So you may have you may have the opportunity to pick him up this week, but you're going to have to pay for it. Um, if you would have done it last week, it would have been cheaper. But this week is going to cost you because he's he's on a heater right now. Uh, and we knew the talent was we knew the talent was there. We were just a little afraid that it was the second coming of uh, who's the guy they gave the big contract to Kingery. Yes, second uh, second second coming of Scott Kingery uh, when we saw the first results. But he is uh, Stott is certainly showing some good results right now as the Phillies are you know unde- undefeated in the month of June. And uh, we'll see, you got to ride the hot ride the hot streak. Uh, Kingery was up for a minute. I think he got set back down. Um, uh, yeah, he did get set set back down. <laughs> but that's uh, that's the reason why I remember that name really easily because uh, he recently came up and I have him still rostered in my thirty team hundred uh, man roster uh, league. Um, yeah, I, I like Stott. I think he's a, a really interesting pickup. Um, he, you know, right now it's riding the hot streak. I don't know how long it uh, sticks around for. I don't know that he is um, a huge difference maker necessarily at the position, but. Philadelphia is hot right now. It's a good place to hit, especially in the summer. Um, and he seems to be earning every day at bats at the moment. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely prefer Garcia over him, but I think it's fairly close. And uh, he's definitely a guy that I have up that I have as a backup bid. Uh, moving on uh, to Jake Berger, another guy who is extremely hot right now, not rostered in very many leagues. Yon Moncada has been extremely disappointing this year. Is it time to go That's rush here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it time to go rush to your wire and pick up a burger? Yes, it is burger time. Uh, you have to make the obvious joke. It's burger time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, for people who aren't familiar with Jake Berger, you know, understand he is, yeah, he's an older prospect, but it's because he's torn his Achilles twice. Uh, yeah. And he's had to come back from that. And that's the good thing. Uh, and so it's a great story in that regard. But he is a 26-year-old prospect because he has twice had his development shelved by torn Achilles. Uh, I've seen him play the last couple of seasons here in Charlotte, uh, and he has certainly hit well when he's been down here for power. Uh, average has not always been his calling card, but he does have power. Uh, and we're seeing that here recently uh, with that. And he's going to have the opportunity between you and Mankata sucking wind. Uh, they just sent Gavin Sheets back here to Charlotte because Gavin Sheets has been sucking wind uh, and has not been able to hit well. And so this it should be Berger's time to uh, to get as much production as he needs while Jimenez is going to be out on the extended stay. And uh, we're still talking a couple of weeks for Tim Anderson. They need offense in this club. And I, I don't see how uh, anybody on the bench, Adam Engel, Larry Garcia, well, who knows what Tony LaRue's will do these days, right? Uh, but those guys should not be taking time. Berger should be in this lineup every day uh, and take advantage of what he's able, you know, what his skills uh, can do. So, yeah, it's Berger time. Go take a bite. I mean, I love Jake Berger. He's a guy I talked about. Because um, you look like Jake season. Berger. Yep. Uh, and he, uh, <laughs> I mean, he has got pop. Uh, the question becomes, you know, he's mostly DHing. Uh, what happens when Eloy comes back? Eloy is probably a week or two at least away from returning. I assume they're going to want Eloy to DH a bunch to not risk him getting injured again. Does Moncada start to lose playing time so that the way they can play Berger more? Well, I don't because Jimenez, the news I saw the other day was that his rehab assignment's on pause because of leg soreness. So we may mm. at least enjoy the rest of this month. Uh, 
uh, to see okay. how the story plays out. So I'm not as concerned about it right now uh, with that. And then you know you previously mentioned the issue with uh, with Grandal to see how that's going to uh, yep. play out as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm not as concerned about it right now because this rehab assignment for for Jimenez is on pause. So when they unpause it, you know maybe he needs another two we- uh, two weeks. So let's see what Berger can do for the rest of this month. And yeah, be worried about it. I I totally forgot about that. Uh, it's on pause, um, and I'm not seeing. Uh, I haven't seen any update on it since. I have not seen any update on it in the last uh, three days. So. Uh, so hopefully Berger, I mean, Berger, I like him a lot. I think he would have been a much more highly regarded prospect had it not been for those massive injuries, uh, both those Achilles injuries that uh, pretty much cost him two years of mm-hmm. playing time. Uh, but he's worked his way back. He's been great. I would not be surprised once Eloy comes back if Berger is still hitting that Moncada goes to the bench. I, I just would not be surprised at all. Uh, or maybe they try to move Moncada back to second. Um, right. So... Uh, Alex Fado has been uh, very, very good uh, uh, as of late. Is he a guy you'd be targeting in FAB this week? It's so he's got he has the White Sox and he's got the Rangers, so the matchups are good uh, for him. It's just the the problem is yeah he's been good, but we talked about the lack of offense in Detroit. It's the lack of run support. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's allowed two or fewer earned runs in all seven of his starts this year and he has one win to show for it one yeah. uh and that's the unfortunate he's got a 292 era he's doing everything you want out of a young starting pitcher but he's getting no run support and so that's where i w- i would love like even in a two-step you're hoping he gets one of the wins out of this th- uh, type of thing but he's going five to six innings consistently he's not giving up the runs he's not hurting himself with walks he's given up a home run in four of his seven outings but the lack of run support is extremely concerning uh and that's that limits the upset i'd like i i've, I've seen uh, i've seen him pitch one of his games i saw him pitch uh, against tampa bay back uh, about a month ago now uh but i haven't seen the other ones but i'm just looking at what he's done since he's just continuing to do exactly what he did in that game but one 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 win and two losses and seven starts is just it's tough so it's like if you're if you're hurting in the wins category you know perhaps it's better to go for a a high leverage reliever on a winning club, then go this route. But if you're uh, if you decent wins and you're looking for the other categories and hoping to get a win, this is a route to go too. But it's not his fault. He's just pitching for the wrong team. Yeah, it's uh yeah, unfortunately he is just pitching for the wrong team. Um, but I like him and I, I do like this two step uh, potential here uh, for him to potentially get a win out of it. So he's uh, one of my bigger targets in leagues where he is available. What about a guy who's available in very, very few leagues, or sorry, uh, he is rostered in very, very few leagues, available in a lot of leagues. Um, Andre Polente came up uh, and made a spot start. Uh, He's potentially going to make a spot start if Steven Matz isn't ready to go. Is he a guy in deeper leagues that you would target? He's got Pittsburgh this week. So if if you need, let's say, let's go back to that Walker Bueller story. You're looking to fill that gap in your lineup. We talked about streaming. Here's a good example of what you should be looking for uh, and go and go here. Uh, And this is take your shot, uh, take a shot on, on Palante and, and look at the matchup. These are the types of things you should be looking for to fill those types of holes. 
uh, and try to build those stats that you've lost. So yes, for now, and that's it. I'm only saying for a week at a time uh, to see what can happen. All right. Uh, we got a question uh, prior to uh, recording the show uh, from uh, Andy Splinter. Uh, on Twitter, uh, and so I wanted to, or you, actually you wanted to discuss it real quick. This has got some interesting guys. He's considering cutting Hunter Dozier and Jonathan VR in a 15-teamer. Uh, he is looking for primarily runs but could use a boost in RBIs and solo bases. He's looking at Bryson Stott, Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, or Rafael Ortega, or John Birdie. What are you doing here? Yeah, so that's the... There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here, honestly. Uh, so if he's looking, if he's looking for steals, you know, nobody's running more than John Birdie right now. John Birdie is. Mm -hmm. If he's on base, he's running. He has. He's 11 for 12 and st stolen bases a season. He's getting on base like a 390 clip. He's running. And when I looked at, I posted a leaderboard this morning. He's had. Uh, he's attempted steals and 32% of his opportunities. And remember, opportunities are the next base in front of you is unoccupied. And it's second and third. I, we don't count home because it's so rarely done. Uh, but he has attempted nine. He's had 28 opportunities. He's attempted nine steals. He's been perfect in all nine over his last 30 days. He's running. Uh, and that's what John Birdie does is he runs. And with this kind of neon green flashing light, uh, if you're looking for steals, it, it it's going to be interesting to see what the prices are this week because he's a needle mover in a category. And the league right now is running more than it was at this time last year. I, uh, if you get into my Twitter feed, you can see some of the stuff I put up this morning as I'm working on a, a next installment of collect calls uh, about this, but this is it's out there and he's running, but that said, the Cubs are the second most aggressive team stealing bases and, and VR has got tons of speed. And so that's where it's it's really tough. I have no problem cutting Hunter Dozier, none at all. Uh, I've never been a good a big fan of his, uh, and the production he's giving you right now is just it's not that great. It's okay, but it's not great. Uh, so that's that's my conundrum here. Is I know VR's not doing anything, but but he just got back off the the dental surgery that he had to have. He got smacked by a exercise band yikes yeah. uh, even i've never done that as injury prone as i have i've never hit myself in the face <laughs> on an exercise band just saying uh so it's like that's where i'm worried about because the cubs we know you know wilson Contreras, it, it would get traded the team's eventually going to do something and maybe vr gets traded too i don't know what happens there but right now the cubs are the second most aggressive team over the past month in steals and so and vr's got that talent uh, but if it comes down to birdie or VR, I'm, I'm dropping VR and I'm going birdie, uh, with the, with the Dozier, either Stott or even Dahlbeck would be an upgrade. Dahlbeck's now got a hit in six straight games. Homered last night. He's starting to get hot. You'll, you, if you've listened to me all year, you know, I was big on Dahlbeck coming into the season. This was about the time last year where Dahlbeck got hot and had the summer of Bobby and did well. And so I have him in a few leagues. I've yet to dump him, And I'm, I'm excited that this may be the start of that. Uh, and so I could make either one of those moves for Dozier because there's just not side in Dozier. I mean, he's hitting for average this year, uh, and this is the first time he's ever hit for average uh, in, in recent memory. So, eh, you know, I have no problem making that move. But the VR one's a little tougher for me. But if it's just the, the cutting down to I want the speed, then you got to jump on the birdie wagon now. And maybe VR will be there later uh, with that. Or you can find another way to uh, – to address that issue on your team. I was big on VR coming into this season. 
uh, for the opportunity. This was before he got signed anywhere. Then he went to Chicago, where I thought the opportunities would be that they haven't yet. Uh, but that roster is is about to get a shakeup, and he could have the opportunity to go out and do that. What he did in that year in Baltimore, where he just <laughs> go out there, do whatever you do, go run, have fun. Uh, and he could be a needle mover in the stolen bases category, at least in the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think I would try to hold VR and just pick up birdie for that Dozier. One, especially if stolen bases and runs are the two things you're looking for. I think those are the guys that are going to best suit both of those things. Uh, I do agree. Dahlbeck is on the beginning of a heater. So, like, now's the time to jump on Dahlbeck. As much as I hated on Dahlbeck coming this season, and I have been right so far, uh, I will remind everyone. I was going to uh, say, that, that's a big that's a big statement for you to say, now's the time to jump on Dahlbeck, considering how yeah, I mean, you, you hated him consistently all winter. <laughs> he's one of the streakiest players in baseball, but when he's on, he's on. And right now, he is on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would – you know, it's not a pickup and hold for the rest of the season because I think he'll go back to being Bobby Dahlbeck at some point. But while he's seeing the ball and, and swinging and, and making a lot of contact and pitchers aren't as afraid of him uh, because he's been so awful, yeah, you, you take advantage. Uh, but I think in this scenario, I mean, I want VR on my team I, and I want John Birdie both on my team. And I think those guys can really help you rack up the runs and the stolen bases uh, here over the next uh, you know couple months, Birdie's just one of those guys that he just goes through these stolen base tears. He he is the, the speed version of Bobby Dahlbeck, where he just goes on these you know month or two month long tears and, and steals twenty bases and uh, could be a huge jersey maker. You missed a lot of it already. Um, he's probably not available in any fifteen team leagues, but check your wire. You never know. VR is available because people did drop him uh, in leagues, so uh, I would definitely go and grab him. You're looking for an added boost, or if you're whole, if you've been holding on to him, I'm, don't drop him now. Like this is not the time to drop him. All right, yeah, that's like I said. I would hate as much as I spent, as much as I got into him this year. Is like I this example of the guy that I hate to drop a week too early. Be like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right, Jason, uh, where could be, where can you be reached? What are you working on? I am working on uh, more stuff about the steals uh, mm -hmm. stuff for the next installment of Collect Calls, which will be up early this week at Rotowire. If you don't, did you not yet have a subscription, rotowire.com forward slash free gets you 10 days of free without a credit card. Uh, and then you can see if you want to uh, read uh, what I write about every week. Uh, and then uh, I will not be on this show the next two weeks. Uh, because I have a family funeral service next weekend, and it's also Father's Day. Uh, yep. And then I have a business trip I'm going to New Orleans. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you live in New Orleans and have some recommendations for downtown dining uh, or adventures, uh, I will be there at the end of the month, uh, 26th to the 29th for a, a conference. So I will be out the next two weeks. So my next time is not going to be until... Uh, July and heck, that may even be July 4th so we may be pushing a while so <laughs> maybe a yeah. while until you hear my voice again <laughs> yeah that's true actually um so you and I yeah because I uh that's the yeah that is July 4th weekend I will not I don't believe will be I will not yes. even be in town that weekend so, so it's uh, gonna be a while until you hear me July 10th yeah. Will be the next time you hear my voice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we will not be recording an episode next week. I will get a guest for the weekend after, and then we will take um, another week off uh, for for the July Fourth weekend. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFP. 
FB, writing daily over fan graphs uh, on this podcast, Friends of the Benefits podcast, and the TGFBI podcast. Uh, that will wrap us up for this episode. For Jason and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. See you.